very much for hopping in so today we're talking about signs that you have low self-esteem as people were hopping in people mentioned that they know that they, have, they struggle with self-esteem and some people don't even we talk about it all the time right but some people don't they've heard the term but don't know what self-esteem is so what is self-esteem self-esteem is the personal right is the personal opinion that you have of yourself it's the personal opinion that you have of yourself. How many of you have and don't feel obligated to raise your hand, but how many of you know that you have a negative opinion of yourself? And we're going to talk as we get deep to the presentation, we'll talk about why you have a negative opinion of yourself because we're not born that way, right? We're all born a blank slate. So that didn't come from you. You didn't just wake up you know, as a, as a child and just say to yourself, I'm going to have a negative opinion of, your, of myself. So you have a ne so your, your self-esteem, whether it's high or low, is your personal opinion that you have of yourself. Low self-esteem, right? Here's, here's the key fact. What we're talking low self-esteem can have a direct impact on how you view and treat other people. Right? A lot of times people think that it's just about yourself, but your view of yourself has a direct impact on your relationships, how you show up in relationships, how you show up at work every day, how you treat your kids, and how you view and treat others. This also, your self-esteem can have a direct impact also on your physical health and your perception of yourself. Of yourself. So this has a major impact on our life every single day. On how we on how we interact with other people, how we interact with our kids, how we interact with our with our significant other, and you hear me talk, talk about all the time, at the fact that uh, of congruency, right? That we all we we need the world around us to match how we feel about ourselves internally, and if we feel negatively about ourselves internally, we we will begin to self sabotage the thing the world around us to match how we feel about ourselves internally. Right. That, which is self-sabotage. So let's get into this. So number one, the number one sign that you struggle with self-esteem is self-doubt. Right. How many of you know that you struggle with self-doubt? Give, uh, give me a high five. Let me know that you struggle with self-doubt. Give me a number one. If you're like, I hear I hear about what self-doubt is, but I really don't know what it looks like. And that's OK. Right. Again, a lot of times people talk about terminology, but we don't actually break it down. And we have to begin, if we really actually want to heal from unhealed trauma, if we really actually want to heal from our deep-rooted insecurities, we have to first identify it, right? So we're not going to hear, right, on my channel, we're not going to just throw around terms loosely and just assume that everyone knows what it is, right? So self-doubt, right? You might overanalyze your own actions, overly critical of yourself. How many of you can relate to that? You overanalyze every single thing that you do. You're very critical of yourself. Every single thing that you do, every step that you make. Right. And so what happens through that process, and you're going to see how this correlates and some of the other things that we're going to talk about. You might even begin to sabotage certain opportunities out of fear of rejection and fear of inadequacy. You don't feel like you're adequate. You don't feel like you are enough. You don't feel like you're worth that job or that promotion. So what does this look like in real time? 
How many of you have had the opportunity, you were up for a promotion, you knew you, there, there was a new management opportunity or whatever, right? But because you began to over reflect on your flaws, even though everyone else felt like you're were, you were a great fit for that position, you didn't study for the position, you didn't put in for the job, you, uh, you waited until after everyone else put in for it, that job or that promotion got taken away from you or, or someone else got the job over you, but you didn't even apply, but then you were still pissed off that someone else got it, right? But you began to overanalyze, right? The fact that you've made mistakes and so you didn't even put in for it because of the fear of rejection. I'm not gonna get in anyway. So-and-so is gonna get in anyway. So-and-so is gonna get it over me, right? Or how does it show up in the dating scene? You don't feel like you're enough. You fear rejection, Right. You don't even feel like you're, you're you feel you have a feeling of inadequacy. So you don't show up as your best self because guess what? You don't want to be rejected for it. Right. So even though you this is what happens quite often when people come out of a toxic relationship. How many of you have gotten out of a toxic relationship and you met someone that you knew was healthy and a good potential partner? Right. But you stopped calling them because of fear of rejection. You didn't feel like you were, you were adequate. You stop calling them, you start playing games, you start doing all the typical dating bullshit, right? And what happens, right? Because you're criticizing yourself, you don't you know about your past and you're afraid that they're not gonna accept it. And you're you're afraid that if you open up to this person, even though you know that they're healthy, right, you begin to self-sabotage it because of your self-doubt, because of your low self-esteem. Right? And so the, these things have the potential of harming, right? Self-esteem, low self-esteem, lack of self-esteem has the potential of causing harm in relationships and in, in the workplace and pretty much in our life in general, right? And then it sinks us deeper down into that hole because we lack fulfillment. So number two, constantly apologizing. How many of you overly apologize, right? You're constantly, constantly apologizing. Right. You may notice this after a toxic relationship. You apologize for situations that you have no control over. None. Right. And this is something that's very popular. I'm actually probably going to do a video about overly apologizing later. Right. You might be saying sorry. I'm sorry because you're afraid of conflict. But the problem is, is that this may have been true. When you are in a toxic relationship, if you're still in a toxic relationship, you might need to do what you need to do to stay safe. However, this presentation, when we step outside of these toxic bubbles, that I call them, right? When we step outside of that toxic relationship and we go into the world where most people are good, healthy individuals, this presents itself as a low self, as low self-esteem. Not only are you dragging yourself down, but you're actually disempowering the other person. Here's the reason why, right? And this is not intentional. This is not in judgment or an indictment. I've been here. This is something I've done myself, right? So what happens when you overly apologize, think about it. Let's say that you're, you're five minutes late to a meeting to meet up with somebody, right? And you go up to them and you say, hey, you know, I'm so sorry for, so sorry that I'm, I'm late, right? And most of the time they're going to say, hey, no problem, no big deal, right? Let's talk about a healthy relationship. Let's throughout toxic relationships for a minute, right? You say, I'm, I'm sorry for, you know, I'm sorry I'm five minutes late. And they're like, oh, no problem. You know, here's your coffee, whatever, right? I'm so sorry. It's just that there was so much traffic and you just keep going. And eventually there's like, hey, it's okay, right? And what happens is that you're unintentionally making that situation and that moment 
all about you, right? You're trying to do this in a way to protect yourself, but you're actually making that moment all about you. We need to be mindful about what we are apologizing for. Is it even necessary to apologize, right? Do I even need to apologize? Is, there, is it even necessary to apologize? But one of the quick fixes to, uh, to, to, to correct this behavior is to, instead of, instead of apologizing, say thank you. Saying thank you to someone is very empowering of yourself and it's also very empowering for the other person. People feel better when you show appreciation. So let's go back to that scenario of you're five minutes late, 10 minutes late, let's even say 20 minutes late, right? Thank you so much for waiting for me. Thank you so much for being patient. Thank you so much for your flexibility, right? That, right, is very empowering and shows confidence, not only of yourself, but of the other person, right? And that person feels appreciated. It actually, it actually fills them up. And guess what? When you show people appreciation, they, they oftentimes, you're not making it about yourself. You're actually making, taking the focus off you, which you struggle with anyway. And you're actually empowering the other person. You're thanking them for something that they were, that they didn't have to do, right? Thank you for being patient. You know, let's say that you accidentally, because this is something that's very common too. You accidentally spill something at a party, right? And it just, you know, just tip topples over. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Where's the, where, you know, instead of that, Right, and someone grabs all the paper towels, whatever. Thank you so much for the paper towels. Thank you for helping me clean this up. It is a, it a, it is a very slight tweak, but it is a very powerful statement. Not only to you, not only do you feel better about yourself in those moments, but so does the other person. Right, even when even in moments where you actually do need to apologize, let's say that you actually have caused damage. Right, you actually did do something by mistake, and someone brings it to your attention. Right. You're dating someone and, you know, you're you're always late this and that. You know what? Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. You know, I appreciate you for bringing that to my attention. And yes, it is something that I'm working on. Right. And uh, and, you know, I'm going to make I'm going to make steps and strides to do better, to make sure that I appreciate your time better in the future. Saying thank you is a very powerful statement and a small tweak that makes a lasting impact for, for people. Let's get into number three. Number three, you place blame on other people, right? You place blame on other people. How many people, uh, people ask them, do I take clients? Yes, I do. Uh, so all of my uh, information to for coaching and one-on-one -on -one sessions and all of my other things are all available in my bio. Uh, so you place blame on other people, right? You place blame on other people. The reason why you might be placing blame on other people is that you fear taking responsibility for your failures, right? Quite often you may have grown up in a situation where you were overly criticized, um, you weren't appreciated, you weren't praised, and so you feel, we're gonna talk about perfectionism here shortly, but you fear taking responsibility for your failures, right? You have a habit of pointing, pointing fingers elsewhere. I mentioned earlier that we we're gonna talk about this. You're always pointing fingers. It's always somebody else's fault, right? And the reason why we do this and the reason why, and don't get me wrong, obviously I talk a lot about narcissism, right? But you also hear me say that at some point in time, right? We have to stop pointing fingers at the toxic people that we're with and we have to begin to accept responsibility, not for the abuse, not for the bad behavior, not for what they've done to us, but for the, but for, um, 
we have to take responsibility for our healing. We have to put, the, put, to put together the pieces of why we got into those relationships, why we stayed in those relationships. And what happens is that when we begin to accept responsibility, what happens is that as difficult as that might be, our self-esteem begins to grow through that through those moments because we feel we start to realize that we had more power in those situations than what we give ourselves credit for. Right. And once we are able to take responsibility, it helps us prevent getting into those relationships or leaving those relationships a lot sooner. And the reason why we begin to point fingers to begin with is that we're trying to make sure that the fingers don't point back at us because we, we're not holding enough space to be able to accept responsibility for certain things. And when we have an inability to, to, to accept responsibility, the, this shows up as an, as an inability to, when we don't accept, when we are pointing fingers, let me, let me rephrase myself. When we are pointing fingers at other people, this shows up as an inability to accept responsibility. Right? This shows up as a lack of maturity and it shows up as a lack of self-esteem to other people. Right? So it's important for us to begin to understand that we have to be able, and, and it also shows up as a lack of boundaries. Right? When we lack boundaries, we're not able to know, we're, we're not able to differentiate between who's responsible for what. When I work with people, that's one of the first things that we talk about when we talk about boundaries. The, one of the core essence of boundaries is who's responsible for what. And so when you get good with boundaries, you'll be able to accept responsibility. And also, instead of accepting blame, you'll be able to differentiate between when someone's blaming you and what part is your responsibility. Big difference, especially for those of you who are coming out of a toxic relationship. We have, you have people that are constantly blaming you. And you will when you add emotional intelligence and you pick up your self-esteem in situations like this, you'll be able, be able to differentiate between what part is your responsibility. Like, yeah, you know what, I was late. And this part is my responsibility, but I'm not accepting the blame for this bullshit that you're, you know, like for, for those of you, how many of you have been in situations where someone tried to blame you for cheating, right? It's your fault that I cheated, right? Because you yelled at me and, it, well, I'm not taking responsibility for your cheating. That was your bad behavior that you made a decision for, right? If you want me to take responsibility for this argument or because of uh, because I've been cold and distant for the last few months or whatever, right? That's not an excuse for their behavior. But I can take responsibility for some of the things that I've done, right? And so there's a very, very big difference, right? And when you begin to put those pieces back together, and a lot of times people fear that, right? Because they don't want to accept responsibility for other people's bad actions, right? But when you understand boundaries and you understand responsibility and where those responsibilities lie, Right? It makes a big difference and it changes the conversation quite a bit. And quite often, it changes your decision making on, on what's actually happening in your relationships as well. I forgot what number we're on, but the, the next sign that we're going to talk about in terms of signs that you struggle with, with low self-esteem is bad posture. Bad posture. How many of you slouch? Right, You're constantly slouching. And what happens is that your body language says a lot about you and how you feel about yourself, right? Your bad posture, your shoulders are in, right? And let's talk about what happens through this process. Slouching is an indicator that you lack confidence, that you lack self-esteem, and bad posture can lead to other physical symptoms. How many of you struggle with headaches? Bad posture can lead to headaches. Bad posture can lead to migraines. Bad posture can lead to... Uh, back pain, 
It can lead to other, uh, other uh, muscle fatigue and that sort of thing. It can lead to fatigue overall. And so what happens is that you are doing this, maybe even subconsciously, not even realizing that it's causing you to sink even deeper down into that hole. Think about when your body aches. Think about when you have headaches. Think about when you have migraines or your eyes ache and things of that nature. You already don't feel good about yourself and it sinks you deeper into that hole, right? Where, where you begin to lack uh, confidence in your and your abilities. And quite often, it makes you not want to go to the gym, makes you not want to do anything to correct the posture, right? It's almost like it's feeding itself. And so it's important for you to begin to recognize that this is a part of, uh, part of a, a sign and a symptom that you may struggle with low self-esteem. Let's get into some of these questions. How do you stop taking things so personally? One of the things that um, there, there's, uh, this is, there's multiple reasons, multiple ways that we stop taking things so personally. Um, but one of the things that we have to begin to do is we have to allow for people to have their opinion. Right. Quite often we take things personally because we want to control how other people view and think about us. We have no control over it. People are allowed to disagree with you. People are allowed to think that you're the villain in the story. Right. And this is what. And so we so uh, people I work with, we start talking about conversational boundaries and we start talking about emotional boundaries. Quite often you you want to control that narrative because you're trying to protect yourself. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. So guess what? As uh, you know, we talk all the time and this is going back to what one of the things that we, we mentioned, pointing fingers at the narcissist and pointing fingers at toxic people and how controlling they are. Codependents and people who struggle with people pleasing behavior also struggle with control. They struggle with controlling how people view and think of them. Right. And what happens is that you think that you control it. However, what happens is that the things that you try to control end up controlling you. You're trying to control their thoughts. You're trying to control how they feel. But guess what? Ultimately, because you're trying to control that, it ends up controlling you and you begin to take things personally. So we have to let that go. They're allowed to think what they want. They're allowed to feel what they want. And what happens is that you, you letting that go, and I'm not saying that it's easy, right? I am not saying that it's easy. And what happens through this process is that when you begin to see this authentic version of who they are, of how they truly feel, you now can make a better decision, a well-informed decision. You can collect that data, right? Let's say that someone says, you're a terrible blah, 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 blah. Reason why, right? And they're starting to criticize you. Instead of taking that personally, we, we acknowledge that, that, that their view of them, they are allowed to have that. And based on how they think of you, you can now make a well-informed decision on whether you want to keep this person in your life, right? Whether or not, but when you try to change and correct, right? All of a sudden you start to notice that you're, you're stepping outside your control, but that happens, right? In toxic relationships and especially with narcissists, guess what? They'll take full advantage of that. Great question. For those of you who want to work with me, don't forget that um, you can go to the links in my bio and uh, you can work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Also make sure that you be sure that you are following me on other social media platforms. I'm rebranding. We are doing some amazing things with my podcast. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting it live on all major platforms, live, right, on LinkedIn. On If you enjoy this content, I'm going to be talking to a lot of different people about mindset, 
about emotional intelligence in a variety of different settings in the workplace as an entrepreneur, in relationships, toxic relationships, right? And so we're going to be expanding this conversation. We're pushing it out onto all major platforms live. So you can actually interact and ask questions. So in particular, follow me on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook, not my personal Facebook, but um, my uh, professional one, Matt Pfeiffer Coaching. Uh, you can type in Matt Pfeiffer Coaching in any of those settings and make sure you follow me. And if you have questions that you want me to answer on YouTube, make sure you um, send it to justaskmatt at mattpfeiffercoaching.com. Again, that is justaskmatt at mattpfeiffercoaching.com. Keep those emails two to three paragraphs max and um, be very direct about your question. Even if you don't ask me a question, it's great to follow me on YouTube because I answer other people's questions and it can be very validating for you knowing that other people have similar questions to you. Uh, let's see. The next one, bad habits. How many of you have bad habits? What are bad habits, right? Let's give you an example of picking skin, biting nails, twirling hair, right? Especially in social settings. Right? And on the surface, I mean, a lot of people might do certain things like this, right? I can't twirl hair because I, I don't have hair, but I might rub on my beard and things like that. You, but doing these things in social settings, you might be doing this as a way to self-soothe. You're trying to self-soothe, and a lot, quite often it's because you have anxiety. The reason why you have anxiety in these types of situations is because of a low self-esteem. You don't feel like you measure up to quite often the people that you are around and who you're with. Over time, this can cause damage, right? Because it can cause damage to the skin, it can cause damage to the nails. How many of you have caused damage to your nails, your skin, or your hair as a result of these situations? And what happens is again, right, the, the low self-esteem begins to eat itself. And so we need to make sure that uh, it's, it's normal, it's very common to have anxiety in social settings, but it's important that we begin to develop proper self-soothing techniques in situations like that. Another sign. <clears throat> How many of you downplay your accomplishments? Right, You downplay your accomplishments. That when you have an opportunity to be celebrated, you downplay it. Right, You feel like your accomplishments are very minor, constantly comparing yourself to other people. Right. We have to understand that. Think about it. people who are confident have no problem celebrating themselves. It is OK to celebrate yourself. If you would acknowledge and celebrate your child or your friend for their accomplishments, guess what? You are deserving of the same level of love, respect and celebration. Right. You might. And how, how does this show up? You might dismiss your, your accomplishments. Right? You, might dismiss, you might dismiss compliments when people tell you that you've done a good job. Right? Uh, you tell, when people tell you that you look nice, right? you dismiss their compliments right? because you don't feel like they're actually accurate. Quite often, you don't feel like that person is being genuine, but also you don't feel like it's very authentic because you don't believe in yourself. Right? Your view of yourself is tainted. Right? You feel like you are less than other people. Right, so you don't want the spotlight. This is where we start getting into imposter syndrome. How many of you have heard the, the term imposter syndrome and don't even know really what it is? Right? How many of you know what imposter syndrome is? Let me give you, let me give you some people who struggle with some people, some 
um, people that I know you've heard of that struggle with imposter syndrome. Maya Angelou struggled with imposter syndrome. Uh, Albert Einstein struggled with imposter syndrome. Myself has struggled with imposter syndrome. Quite often, you don't want to celebrate your accomplishments because you thought they were too easy, right? Yeah, because you were a natural in those situations, right? So it's okay to, you know, we have to understand that, that it, it might be a struggle, but we have to begin to uh, acknowledge that, we, that, that you deserve to be celebrated in those situations. Right, that that you deserve the same level of love that other people that other people do. So make sure that you keep going in the situations like that. I forget what number we're on, but negative self-image. It's another sign that you struggle with self-esteem. Negative self-image. You might even tell yourself that you don't think you're pretty. You don't think you're handsome. You have thoughts of being unattractive. Right. You don't feel like you measure up to people. You don't feel like you're you're uh, equivalent to other people. You feel like you're a step or a few steps and a few notches below everybody else, right? So just like uh, just like we've talked about before, if that's how you feel and that's how you view yourself, guess what? That's how you're going to show up, and that's and and you're going to allow for people to treat you this way as well. The reason why we have a negative self image and the reason why we have a lot of this these negative uh, self esteem issues is because, not because we put this on ourselves, not initially at least, right? It's because of the way that other people have treated us, in particular, possibly and probably our parents growing up, right? May have said something that have has made us feel this way. You may have been body shamed as a child. You may have been body shamed or talked about. You weren't, you know, you may have been, you may have felt that you weren't tall enough or maybe you're uh, parents or other people growing up told you that you weren't big enough, tall enough, pretty enough, fast enough, uh, smart enough, those sorts of things. And what happens is that this gets ingrained into our thought pattern, right? So then guess what? Because that came from our parents and because that came from our background growing up, now guess what? We believe it because who better than to trust? We talk about a lack of trust because of our parents a lot of times. But a lot of times we don't talk about the fact that we do trust them sometimes in situations where we should not. And then that becomes a part of our belief system and our thought pattern of who we actually are and we begin to show up in the world that way. The next sign, so you feel, this is a big one. How many of you feel like you need to be perfect all the time? How many of you struggle with perfectionism? Right, you struggle with perfectionism. You need to be perfect to feel accomplished. Right? And I'm not and let's separate excellence from perfection. Right? It's one thing to want to do your best. Very good, very healthy. Everyone should strive for their best, but no one's best is perfect. Right? You feel you need to be perfect to feel accomplished. You feel like you need to be perfect to even measure up to other people. And so we have to understand that a lot of times people will try there's certain things that show up as low self-esteem. And people will pass it off and they'll say things like, well, I just, I'm just I just have a spirit of excellence and I'm just this. And I just, you know, I, I just have a higher standard than other people. Right. And they have this mask, this defensive mask that they use that and they say that to other people to try to mask and cover themselves and to try to allow for them to to try to prevent any type of change. Because change is difficult because guess what? You have to start to look at the fact that this is problematic. But we have to understand that you're. 
desire, your need to be perfect, to try to measure up, right? It shows up in ugly ways, right? You, your need to be perfect causes you to procrastinate. How many of you don't even start a project or a job or whatever the situation is because you know right off the bat it's not going to be perfect? You fear, right? And a lot of times you might even procrastinate or you might even give up altogether. You start it and you just give up altogether. You, how many of you have projects that you have started and then stopped, right? That you stopped doing them altogether. And a lot of times it's because of the fear of failure. You're afraid that things aren't going to go your way because it's not going to be perfect. And less than perfect is failure to you. Right? Forget the fact that you it can still be absolutely amazing. Right? But that fear of failure has gripped you so tight, right, that you either don't even start or you quit in the middle of it. So now guess what? You have all these unfinished or unstarted projects that you've started or that you've thought about. And guess what? And guess what happens next? You continue to look at those and you begin to harp on those, and that also has an impact on your self-esteem. So this also shows up as you criticize anything you do that falls short of perfection, right? And you begin to overanalyze, overlook at every single little thing, and you begin to believe that you don't measure up. And where does that criticism start? It doesn't start with you, right? It typically starts with, with other people who have criticized you growing up. You begin to believe that you needed to be perfect to try to uh, appease them, to try to feel accepted by them, guess what? The people who have criticized you, and this is coming coming from personal, personal and professional experience, right? The people who have criticized you, right? The ones that you're trying to get to be accepted by, guess what? They don't accept you anyway. What you're going to find out, what you find out is that even if you do something perfect to try to please the people that have been criticizing you, guess what? It's, it still doesn't work. Right? Because the problem is that the people who are critical also have low self-esteem and they're trying to stop you because they haven't been able to fulfill their dreams as well. So thank you guys very much. Uh, so make sure you guys uh, are following me on other platforms. Don't forget, if you're following me on LinkedIn, I will follow you back. Uh, follow me, especially Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, and um, especially, especially um, YouTube. The reason why is because I'm going to be streaming my podcast live to those platforms. So make sure you guys take full, full advantage of that because you can get other questions in. Um, and um, we're, we're going to have some amazing conversations with some other other people um, in other industries. We're going to be talking about mindset, emotional intelligence. We're going to be talking about how to, um, you know, how to live life and how to correct, how to uh, take responsibility for our emotions. So thank you guys very much. I'm trying to think of any other announcements. If you need to work with me, don't forget, you can go to the link in my bio. Um, I, I am available for one-on-one -on -one sessions. Also, you can uh, see a lot of freebies that I have available as well. Uh, so I have some free content linked in my bio as well. So you guys have a good day.